everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with New Radio Media. And today, we're going to spend the next hour talking Torah, learning stuff, while having fun. We missed you for a week, Peter, but well, you are back. I'm back. I was on a lot of aircraft, uh, traveling to uh, Greece, uh, Cyprus, and, of course, Israel for all kinds of meetings. Ha! Busy, busy. <laughs> you know, you missed the fact that last week, not that you would have seen today, but all 50 states had snow. Snow? Snow. We, we had, had pouring snow. rain in Jerusalem. It stormed in Jerusalem. We love rain in Israel. Yes, you do. Israel must have rain. The more rain, especially in the rainy season, those who know it doesn't rain after Passover for the whole summer, even into fall. It so only rain rains in Spain. It only rains in Spain on the plain. I know my father <laughs> used to try to teach us. And I want people to realize out. that with that theme, later in the show, we're going to play a different theme for everybody. Oh, cool. I can't wait. Okay. We will find out what it is. Go ahead. Well, no, I'm I'm excited about the show today. You've got uh, quite a list of things for us to discuss and share with everybody at New Radio Media. Let's talk Torah. All kinds of stuff. But, you know, the first things first. Contact. Co- oh, contact. How do they contact okay, us? Okay, if you would like to contact the show, call us at 844-999-9249. And if you can get past Drew and you sound intelligent... Then we'll talk to you. <laughs> but if you can't get past you, then I can't talk to you. There's another way. There is another way, but I still can't talk to you. That way you'd have to email me or us at Let's Talk Torah, no apostrophes, Let's Talk Torah at gmail.com. Or you can always go ahead and hit our Facebook page at Let's Talk Torah. Um, and then you go to this little button there right under my picture. A little button. A little button, and you just click the button, and yeah. I will appear. Well, again, if you have appear. something intelligent to say, I will gladly talk to you. We'd love to talk to them. I mean, I got something this morning on LinkedIn. I don't know what the guy wants. I what think do you, he wants mean to come. Well, he says he wants to come on the show and he told me he's like God. I, I Wait a minute. If he's like story. God, I think everybody wants to see him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he showed me his picture. And, you know, the picture he's telling me has a tattoo. Uh, Star of David. Body art. And, it's a body art job. Yeah, yeah. Body art. Yeah. So, uh, talk about body art. Body art. Think of car art. This week is the International Auto Show. Yes, down at Cobo Hall. Down at Cobo Hall, and my kids love it. What we always they... schedule. I take the kids. They climb all. They're very nice there. My kids climb all over the trucks and in the. So what? what it, all right. So let's talk about the auto show for a minute. Oh, get a minute. Okay, one minute. What is their favorite spot in the auto show itself? You know, last year. So I don't know if you know Cobo Hall. Yeah, very well. You're familiar. So Tony, you were there last year. I was actually there uh, yesterday. Great. So you have the uh, I'm, I'm calling it the upstairs. We have all the new stuff and the trucks and the and the luxury cars and now all the new SUVs they're into. And then there's a downstairs. Oh, the skateboards and the Oh, I didn't see skateboards. Oh, last they have year. a whole section down the lower level. Yeah. So last year they had all these old racing cars and old oh. fashioned stuff, cars 50, 60, 7 years old that my kids love. They want a picture by each one. They they want to touch. There's those ropes right. around it. The stanchion pipe, right. But I want you to know, not this week, but it actually ties into next week's Torah portion. Okay. I I'm just right. want you to know. All right. So we'll, we'll talk pe- about the, you know, the, we'll get the Hummers week. on the desert. The Hummers, the chariots. Yeah, you the, go. You know, all the stuff. We'll, we'll get there next week. But we got a lot this week. Oh, this Boy, week. Boy, do we have stuff to cover packed. this week. We got to talk about children and holidays and And plagues. the letter of the day. Letter of the day and word of the week. 
and we got to talk more about Passover and borrowing and returning and stealing. Oh, and, and by the lying. way, when I was in uh, Jerusalem, I got the new shekel, the new 20 shekel. Got a brand new I'm shekel. I'm assuming it's a bill. It's a bill. And it's actually smaller in physical size. Now, why would they do that? I don't know. They took it down about another quarter of an inch. I took it against the old shekel, and I put it there, and I said, and, I, and there's some more internal pieces inside of it for security purposes. Right, sure. But, yeah, they actually shrunk the shekel a little. And but did it shrink in value? Well, according to uh, my money exchange software, uh, we were down to 0.28. It was down point two eight. No, we went down to when I left when I was in Jerusalem two and a half months ago, I was at point three four. Okay. Value to a to a dollar. That means to a dollar. That was at right. about three to a dollar. Right. Now we were at point two eight to a dollar. Oh, so it's going up in value. Yeah. It's getting expensive. See when so. I was there, guys would go ahead to buy books. Oh yeah. So what you did was there were a lot of times where the, the rate would just change overnight. So you would run with your American dollars. Mm-hmm. To the bookstore because the guy didn't have a chance to change all his uh, prices. Right. So you know, whatever it was, it was bargain basement. All bargain right, basement. so okay. it's the day of the plagues discussion. Is the day of the plagues? We're up to the last three plagues. Last three. So we had one through seven already. One through seven last week. And of course, I wasn't here to share those with you. However, right. however, you know, when Moses he was very busy during that time. Very busy. So with the three to go. We've got to go with the first of the three. First of the three to go. So the first of the three to go is the plague of locusts. 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 The country will be overrun by this army, and King David actually calls locusts God's army. This army will come in, and Moses goes to warn Pharaoh in the palace. And he says, Pharaoh, the next plague, any food you think you have left, any food supplies, it'll be gone. And then Moses actually turns around and walks out, hoping that Pharaoh and his advisors will think about it. And sure enough, they do. The advisors say to Pharaoh, have you looked out the window recently? And what was out the window? A lot of destruction. We just had the plague of hail, and you've had animals and boils and and all kinds of stuff. Your country is already in ruins. You still have a food supply left. It wasn't completely wiped out. But if you wait much longer, your country is dead. Okay, so now he presents his number seven, number eight, actually, eight, nine, number ten, eight, number yes, eight. Right, number so eight. So number eight is going to have locusts. He turns around from Pharaoh. He starts to walk out. And then Pharaoh says, either Moses gets out or doesn't get out. He says, come back. We got we to gotta, we gotta discuss. And for the first time, Pharaoh says to Moses, who's going? I mean, who's going? In other words, you told us all along you have this three-day plan that you got to bring sacrifices to God. So uh, who's leaving for this three-day fair? It's not a fool, right? He wants to make sure, who am I giving permission to to leave my country for your three days? At least that was the original deal. We'll talk about that. With the assumption on they're going to return. With the assumption they're going to return. Okay. So Moses says, everybody. Men, women, old people, young people, children, babies, everybody's leaving. So the Pharaoh says, one second. (laughs) One second here. What are little babies and little children and, don't take this the wrong way, and women? What are they doing? They don't bring sacrifices. That's not how they're witnesses. They're witnesses. 
they yeah. could be witnesses, but really in those days, the culture, certainly in Egypt, was, you know, was a remember, man's world. It was a man's world, but he, sacrifices, hunting. Um, again, when I grew up in New York, right. in, in, in elementary school, we learned about the Iroquois mm-hmm. and the five tribes up uh, upstate New York. Yep. And it was the men, when you came of age, you went out on your hunting trip and you brought your sacrifices. Children didn't go. Okay. Women didn't go. So Pharaoh says, there's something a little... Uh, fishy. Fishy. Here. Fishy. Fishy. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a the good first term. Plague. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, well, they, okay. But I was not here for the first you plague, so I have, I have to come back and catch up. Yeah, well... For sure, you listened. I mean, we're, we're, we are international. On the internet. On the internet. For sure, you listened. But okay, fine. I got a smile and a chuckle. Um, so, Farah says, it sounds like you're trying to escape. Imagine that. Can you believe that? Can you believe such a thought? So, Farah says, it's not happening. So, first of all, it's good to think that, that certainly way back when already, the idea of a Jewish holiday, I hope... All religions understand that a holiday needs children. Children carries over to the next generation. Right. If you make your children excited about, in my case, being Jewish, they will be excited to be Jewish. If you make them excited about whatever you believe in, they hopefully will follow along. But if they're not part of the process, if they're not an integral part of the holiday, I they- can assure you, 20 years later, when you ask them how come they ain't doing a Passover Seder, I could tell you why. Lador Vador. Lador Vador, generation to, to generation. generation. Even though Dar starts with a... I know. Uh, but that's not my word of the week. But, <laughs> but it reminded me of kids. Talk about kids. So this week in our neighborhood, but yes. you were in here. I know. There was actually a meteor. It roared over the roofs, I think, 815, 820. I'm not sure exactly. Lit up the sky. That's what I heard. Uh, yeah, me too. And, and actually, it shook houses, and I missed it. I had an earthquake in Athens. Earthquake in Athens. But here, somehow, there was an earthquake. At the same time, there was this meteor. It was all the same. They weren't sure. So I was, trying, I was thinking, how did I possibly miss this meteor? I will tell you how. All right. I have children in my house. Too much when, noise? Well, when the house shakes, it could just be children <laughs> who are just jumping off the walls. I mean, it happens all the time. <laughs> The light, Tony laughs, because you remember when you were a kid, your mother said, what are you running around the house like a maniac did you see? Oh, yeah. Did you see the meteor? I did not, actually. I was actually working a show here. We were on um, the Motor City Juke Joint uh, on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. Oh, oh another nice. great show. show yeah. yes. not uh, a f- and you heard it in the studio? We did not. We actually had um, somebody call in. We had uh, Julia, who was Ben's lovely co-host. She actually called in and wanted to see if everyone was okay. <laughs> she was afraid the meteor hit the building? Um, maybe hit, hit something. I don't know. But <laughs> Well, I do know this much from the meteor, because um, I had the news on last night. But I guess now if you went to uh, Cranbrook and you brought the pieces of people believe they found pieces of the meteor, they had experts there to actually verify it. And there was some meteor brought physically in. The only thing I saw about it was somebody wanted... I mean, a little piece. I think it was on eBay. He wanted like $15 million for his piece of meteor. It should only be. It should only be. (laughs) And then we're all going to be out in Livingston checking for the pieces of that meteor. Why does it sound like they segue to Superman? A segue to Superman. Thinking of Superman. Yes. Or that idea, at least. Something else I saw in the news about children this week, okay. which actually I was pretty happy about. 
for the first time, they do a survey, I don't know what age children, and they ask children, what do you want to be when you grow up? Athletes. Athletes. So athletes. last year, the number one was athletes. Of course. I was actually happy to hear that athletes have slipped down, way down. Really? So what slipped way up? So police actually slipped way up. Law enforcement. So wow. that's really, I figured you would appreciate Yeah, I that. do. I mean, I do, because I grew up in law enforcement, to me, and uh, I thought it was great. And and society had this big switch, yeah, a tremendously big switch, a tremendous switch. And 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 the truth, you know, I was reading. I get and again, this. and I look at it two ways. And I hate to jump in on this because being in Israel, you watch all the young people, eighteen to twenty one, with with, with, with they're all in their military, you know. And uh, it just changed in Israel a little more that the women instead of two years now will go to two point eight. Really, they're going to balance out with the men. Um, and the women aren't complaining at all. They're excited about it overall. It's been accepted very well. So, yeah, so, I mean, you, you look at the state of Israel, you look at the enthusiasm of these young people and everything to take care of their country, to be part of something, to make sure that there is a future there. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad to hear what you're sharing with us here. Hey, the only thing that bothered me is you would have hoped, like if I would ask you, why do you think this switch took place? Okay. All so right. I'll ask the famous question. Go ahead. What's the famous question? So, Zavi Jacobson. Yeah. Why the big change? That's a great question and a great voice. Um, <laughs> actually, it's not the fault of the parents, at least according to this survey. It's actually blamed on YouTube. YouTube? That's what it said YouTube. in the article. YouTube. I YouTube. guess either they've noticed that the athletes are not such outstanding citizens anymore. It's about time. They finally noticed. Yes. Or, or maybe YouTube is just kinder and portraying our law enforcement and those type I of people. I think I will go with lights. your number one. And I think it started with the not standing for the national anthem. You know, and I think be. that was a trigger mechanism. You know, I, I think it was. It was for me, it I mean, was disappointing. That's right. I mean, there are different ways to share how you feel about something. But you do, unfortunately, people don't realize you're employed. If you did this in your everyday job, certain ways, you wouldn't be employed anymore. So what makes this job function different from any other job function? That was the upsetting piece to me. I mean, we're talking about our country. We're respecting our country. If you don't like it here, you may leave. Nobody's stopping you at the door. That's right. The door. We're going to come back to that word again. The door again, that I word. I keep bringing that word back up. There's a reason. There's a reason for that word. And just in case you want to discuss it with us later, you can still stay, stay, stay tuned. Still try to get through Drew at 844-999-9249. It's 844-999-9249. All right. So now I'm back in front of Pharaoh. We're back in front of Pharaoh. Front of Pharaoh. The locusts. So Pharaoh says not happening. I, he throws Moses out. I don't think he throws him down the steps. Not literally, but... And Moses will bring on this plague of locusts, and it, it really just wipes out. It wipes out all the food, and Pharaoh is so nervous that he actually goes to Moses and begs, please pray one more time to God. So it's an interesting thought. You know, A couple of years ago, there was locusts in Israel, a little bit on the border of Egypt. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure how far it went in. So people collected those locusts. They're very good. A little salt, a little pepper, a little oil. Fry them up. Very light. They say it tastes like chicken. Everything tastes like chicken. Everything tastes like chicken. I mean, well, that's what they said. Everything tastes like chicken, no matter what. A little barbecue sauce. A little barbecue sauce. So, you know, it's like the drumettes and stuff or the wings. Put a little sauce on it. Okay, anyways. Um, so 
the people know there's no food, so they're busy collecting all the locusts because you're going to pickle them, and it's going to be your food supply for six months. Okay. You may get sick of it, but food is food. That's right. So, so why is Pharaoh in a rush? Like, why do you got to get all this stuff out of my country so fast? What's he worried about? So it's debatable, but either answer is correct. Either the, the locusts are actually digging into the roots, and if you wipe out the roots... You wipe out everything. So you have no land. That's the story. If you've ever read it, it's a great book. I think it's called The Dust Bowl. It talks about that area in Oklahoma mm, and Texas right. where in the early 1900s they took it from grazing to uh, wheat, and as soon as the 10 years of extra rainfall ended, uh, that area was... Was Decimated. destroyed. It, it, the dust was so bad. Right. There were there were storms of dust all the way to New York. So and they're still actually trying to slowly but surely get it back to what it was. So Pharaoh knows you rip out all the roots, You're the done. country is done. That's one answer. Okay. Another answer is they're afraid of the eggs being laid by the locusts again. <clears throat> if locusts live in your neighborhood, you're done. It's done. It's all over. All right. So three days. Three days. So it's very interesting. you got to think about this. We told you Pharaoh assumed they were going out for three days. So let's think for a second. I mean, we know God is sending Moses to get the Jewish people out of the land of Egypt. And the first time, maybe even the second time, he meets with Pharaoh. He tells Pharaoh, we want to go into the desert to bring sacrifices for three days. That's what he says. Yep. And Pharaoh assumes... As an assumption that that deal is still on the table all the way through the plagues. So the question is, anybody who even reads the story, you look inside, you see the story, it's very hard to imagine that if Pharaoh would have said, okay, you can go for three days and then come right back, that we would have come back. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine. You, you left the country, you're slaves. You left the country, okay, guys, everybody come back. It's, uh, <laughs> Time's I up. I don't think so. We're not coming back. <laughs> So was Moses lying? Or if he was lying, I mean, we talk well. about, we teach our children, truth, lying. Is it appropriate? Is it the right way to go for Moses to lie? Or you do what you got to do? Was he lying or was he just kind of saying, we'll take an extension on the three? I never said I was coming back. Yeah, you know. There's, so there's really numerous answers to this fascinating thought. But sometimes we have to focus not everything that's black and white, right, is automatically how I'm supposed to talk to people. For example, I see, I see, uh, we won't use Tony's name. It's a name we use in class, but I won't use it here. Okay. So you see, I don't know, Robert chasing after, uh, after John down the street, and he's got a knife in his hand, and, uh, and uh, John makes a left. Okay. He a left down the alley, and Robert gets there and says, which way did he go? I'm going to kill him. So is it the truth to tell him which way he went? Or? Or do you lie and say, oh, he went straight. to the right, he went straight. What's the truth? If you're worried about being honest, we teach honest Abe or, or George Washington doesn't lie. What kind of lie are we talking about? So Tony is thinking. Do, 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 I don't do. know. That's, that's really interesting. I mean, I, I think from that standpoint, you it's kind of okay to lie. I mean, if you're trying to save somebody's life. So it's only okay. I mean, yeah, it's not It's not okay, but if you're saving somebody's life, I mean. I don't know. Pete, do you think it's only okay? We have to kind of expand it out a little bit, I think. You know, uh, we look at this over all the different generations, the wars and everything. 
where we never wanted to take a life of anybody. That's number one. So to protect one's life, and I think that's the key, to protect one's life, what do we do in that vein? And in that vein, we share with the perspective, so we say challenger in this case, uh, an opportunity to seek it somewhere else. Go somewhere else. As I'm going to say it's more than okay. Not only is it more than okay, you have to lie. But as far as God's concerned, for God, that's the truth. And as we live, we try to live sometimes black and white. Nothing is, well, not nothing, right. but most things are not black and white. What's true or, or false is the right thing to do. And if the right thing to do is to tell John he went the other way, straight, right, doesn't matter, that becomes the truth. In our case over here, the Jewish people have to leave. There is no way when you're having a discussion with Pharaoh and you're going to say, okay, we want to leave forever. It, it is so impossible that Pharaoh would let you out. Correct. It's, then it's not even a fair conversation. So we give him an opportunity to think about the three days. We give him a chance to say, okay, you can leave, and he'll deal with the issues later. But that's an interesting um, Truth, lie, what's right, what's wrong. So right and wrong becomes the more correct answer than true or false. Which reminded me, I'm not going to get too into it, but uh, as a side, um, you know, Trump gave out his fake news awards. I didn't pay too much attention to it. But it reminded me, a couple weeks ago I wanted to tell a story. I'm not going to tell the story. Um, it was a story, those who have watched social media, uh, with the Make-A-Wish Foundation and a person that was in jail and a child and a letter... And I just wasn't sure if the story was true. So what'd you do? So well, I didn't want to just say the story. And I heard my rabbi say the story. And I called him up after the Sabbath. And I said, you said you verified the story. How'd you verify it? So, well, he said he did some research. I wasn't satisfied. So since the Make-A-Wish Foundation was involved in this story, so I said, hey, let's check it out. Now, it's pretty cool, by the way. There's a place there for media to send in questions. Right. I said, I'm media. Correct. You I, are I, new I radio see, media. I am new radio media. Right behind you. Can't right miss it. You. Can't miss you it. You can't miss me. I, I, we have an app. We have a website. We are real. And we do have a department for that. And we have a department for marketing. Correct. Well, so I first I sent an email, and I said, I might not get my answer fast enough. And once you send the email, they actually give you phone numbers. I said, hey. Hey, hey I'm ahead. You give me a phone number. I called the guy up. We're talking about this story. He says, uh, did you just email us? It was like right in front of right his in front of him. I said, yeah. So he said, it was wild. He says, you know, we here in the Make-A-Wish Foundation heard this story, and we're trying to verify it, and we can't. <laughs> so we have a special guy working on it. So I, uh, they gave me his email address. I emailed him. He has not returned my email. So no, Chatway's researching it. I can, still we can understand that. So at this time, we're going to assume it's not real news enough that we're going to go ahead and go forward with it. But that's just my idea of right, wrong, true, false. So we're going to make sure that we follow up on this a little bit. Okay. So let's give it two weeks. Give it time to breathe. Okay. And let's touch base with Make-A-Wish Foundation. Let's see if they've Email got anything. Back. Email them back. Email uh, back. Let them know that uh, here's where we're at. And uh, we'd love to hear from them. And let's take it from there. Yeah, it's cool. If, I, if, I, if we can find if we can verify it. If they can't verify it, let's let our listeners know that at New Radio Media that sometimes there is fake stories. There are sometimes fake stories, and you got to spend a few extra minutes 
working it. Just, you know, just li it. life is very, very unique. And in that case, you know, we look at life a certain way, and sometimes we have to talk about what life is all about. And when we talk about life and the idea that, you know, three days in, well, it's time to leave Egypt and everything, we have to sit back for a minute. We have to digest that whole concept to life. And I'm waiting for something very special to happen here. <laughs> but if I, can, oh, yeah. <laughs> I keep waiting. How long can we I talk I... about life? Wait a minute. There we go, ladies and now gentlemen. This will make uh, Josh very happy. Okay, we finally got to life. Anything you know, to make Josh happy. You know, from Fiddler on the Roof to life to Lachaim, you know, it is the greatest. It's a spirit that blends and the flame keeps going. And people don't, you know, everybody always talks about that. The, the logo of the Jewish people is the Star of David. And Man, we keep talking about this. In reality, it's the menorah. And one time I had to give a talk about the menorah. I was in Milwaukee, and I had to discuss the B'nai B'rith Cemetery, 125-year-old cemetery. And they put a brand-new menorah out front. And everybody said, well, how can you talk about the, the cemetery? Because it's, and I said, it's very simple. It's like the Jewish people. No matter where you go, there's always a foundation. So when we're in Egypt right now with this story, and we're sharing how Moses is standing in front of Pharaoh, that's another foundation of the wall being built as we grow the Jewish people. Okay. We have two more plagues to get through. Okay. But before, I want to I wanna touch on something else. And that is, you know, with kids, I'm even adults, by the way. And a Hebrew word for kids is yeladim. Yeladim, yelados. Dose. Yes, banim, banos, all good words. Not a Dalit word, but still a yeah, good word. We're going to get to that Dalit word, still, ladies and gentlemen. Don't there. go anywhere. Still a good word. But we, you know, Tony, have you ever said to your parents or friends, it's not fair? <laughs> no, never. I mean, I was thinking about saying no, but, you know, I mean, re I would say as of late, not so much. But, you know, I did. I definitely did. Yeah. Either get a little besides, bit older. Well, wait a minute. Besides Tony, we should let everybody know also that Kelsey is working behind the glass in helping oh. us. There she is. There she is. And, and Drew is behind the other glass. Right, he's knocking out all the people trying I, to call I, in. I tell you, look at that smile. And they're all wearing, you know, hats. Hub, they're wearing Carhartt hats. They're wearing all kinds of hats. You know, it's just amazing. And um, if I was to tell them they were wearing a cover, where is your cover? I don't think anybody know what I'm talking no, about. No, they have no idea. No idea. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, no. <laughs> cover is a military hat. Oh, okay. Right off the bat. I got gotcha. you. always said, where is your cover? Well, they had to wear it, at least by in marching <laughs> uniform. Yeah. And Day to day. Day to day. Day to day. At least they're all smiling because they say, as long <laughs> so as I'm not make... in the Army, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. So so we have an interesting conversation. We're going to still talk about kids, talk about fear. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure all of you listening have had children say it's not fear. happens in my classroom numerous times a day. It's not fear, it's not fear, because... Fear in the child's mind is everything has to be, at least for him, I have to be at least equal to everybody, and then I should get a little bit more. That's fear. Yeah. I have my own child in the class, Ooh. and yes, his idea of fear is completely different. But Than that's all okay. others, yes. We, yeah, we, 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 for the most part, let it slide. Uh, I had a raffle last week. He's not listening. I don't have to worry. Okay. So I had a raffle. Like some of these uh, matchbox cars. Mm -hmm. oh, so he didn't win the raffle, but I had extra cards in the drawer. 
So he raises he, he raises his hand and calls out, "Can I have a car?" I said, "No, you can't have a car. You didn't this win the raffle. Class. You win the raffle." Oh, he starts getting upset. I have to whisper to him. I said, "My son, I don't have to embarrass him with his name." No. Yet. I said, "You cannot announce in the classroom that I should give you a car that was part of the raffle when no one's looking." You go to my drawer, you take it out. I don't mind. But in class, you can't announce that you're different. Talk about fear. Unbelievable. So everybody asks in this week's Torah portion, it's not fear. It's not fear. Why is it not fear? Because it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Yes. It's not fear. You go ahead and I, and I tell you that if you don't let the Jewish people come, I'm going to bring this plague. And then I don't let you, God doesn't let Pharaoh let the Jewish people go. And then God brings the plague. Like, what's the, it's a game. It is. It's a setup. It seems to be not fear. Until we get, and then we move to number nine. What do you mean, the plague number nine? Plague number nine. Yeah, but I didn't answer what's about not fear. Well, I want to know what's not fear, then I'm going to number nine. Okay, you want to know number nine. Number nine. I'm going to number nine. Number nine. Oh, we are moving along over here. I'm going to get to number nine. Here we go. Plague number nine, because well, we, we'll speed no, ahead. No, Just no. repeat it, we're going to speed ahead. Plague <laughs> number nine is darkness. It's all pitch black. They can't see. The Jewish people are searching for gold and silver without taking any. Some say since they couldn't move for a week, they were feeding them. And in the meanwhile, they have to actually start preparing for the Passover sacrifice. They're going to bring the lamb, less than a year old, could be a goat, could be a lamb, usually a lamb. They're going to sacrifice it as the Passover sacrifice. And they were going to roast it, because when you roast, everybody smells it. And that would be the sacrifice. The sheep, why this animal? The sheep is the idol of Egypt. So, And even the Jewish people were steeped in idol worship. So we have to get it out of our system. So if you can barbecue it and you can eat it, it's not much of an idol. Nope. However, interesting enough, another not fear is, um, is if you did not have a circumcision... Boys only, this is not Africa, where they think girls also. Boys only, if you do not have a circumcision, if you are not circumcised, you cannot eat from the Passover sacrifice. However, when you get into the verse more clearly, we're not talking about a person who on purpose doesn't want to have a circumcision. We're actually talking about somebody who has hemophilia, a hemophiliac, who if you were to circumcise such a child, you would kill him. Now, nowadays we have chemicals, we have powders, we can, we can clot the blood. Um, medicine but, has changed. Yes, medicine has changed. Surgeries have changed. Where Now they have clamps. There's no blood anyways if they want. That's debatable if that, if that works or not, but fine. That's not for today. Okay. But it's an interesting fact. I tell my class, um, there's a certain vitamin that, it, that causes the clotting. You know what that vitamin is? It's just a letter. You Kelsey, you have any idea? You should know the letter of that vitamin. Because your name is Kelsey. So you should know what La- she said. <laughs> she got to speak up. She got to speak into the yeah, mic. She got to hit the mic. Kelsey should know the answer. I'm going to guess either calcium or vitamin K. 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 Ta-da! There should be some drum roll. Very there good. So go. Vitamin K. And she applauded herself. That's also good. <laughs> Here we go. In any case, um, it's vitamin K. What's interesting is that the highest amount of vitamin K in the bloodstream is when a child is eight days old. That's the day a child is circumcised. That's the day there's extra uh, vitamin K in the bloodstream. 
so, uh, but a child in those days who was a hemophiliac, you could not circumcise a child. You would kill him. But he cannot eat from the Passover sacrifice. Seems to be not fair. Okay. So first thing, whenever I talk about fear, like we talk about with children. Children have their idea of fear. We get a little bit older. We're, we're at Tony's age and Kelsey and Drew, and we have a different vision of fear. You know, 20, 30, 40 years later, I don't want to say how many more years later for Keep Peter. Going. But um, you get a little bit older and a whole new idea of what's called fear. And I can assure you, if you're God and you've set everything up, you obviously have a totally different vision of fear. True. But to at least understand some ideas how it could be for the Pharaoh that he has to almost suffer you, you ask me to let them go and you're not giving me a choice, there's a few very simple answers. Number one, again, if you look at the verses carefully, the first five plagues, it says Pharaoh made himself stubborn. Only the last five. So God says, I gave you five chances. If you couldn't let go after five, now I'm just punishing you. And I'm just informing you why I'm punishing you. That's all. Very simple. That's one answer. So we had the judgments first. Now comes the punitive damages. Pretty much. Yeah. Or if you imagine a child, uh, I gave you a chance once and twice right. and three. Now the punishment is coming. It's all over. You had right. your chance. We're not, no more chances. Um, a, a second answer is that it was almost like, it wasn't that he couldn't say no, it just made it like a, a fair a fair decision. It was like a painkiller. So I broke your arm to convince you, but I gave you a painkiller so you don't feel the break so much, so you can make a clear answer. There's other answers. Uh, we don't have to go there now. That's just the fear there. And even the fear was circumcision, by the way. The, the, there are, again, like all things, there's, there's rules and regulations to the sacrifice. The purpose of the sacrifice was to say, I'm leaving Egypt, I'm now listening to God. God made a treaty with us. We made a treaty, the circumcision is a treaty. To not have the treaty seems to be the opposite of what we're trying to accomplish with the Passover sacrifice. Well, you know, there's a lot there, and um, there's so much that they're going to see at the Passover Seder that we share from generation to generation. And we talk about our children all the time, how important it is that we continuously share the story every single year when we sit around the table. And why we have the youngest child always ask certain questions, which we'll share with, of course, with our listenership at New Radio Media a little bit further down the road. But the key thing is that Pharaoh was like, how do we put this? Like a parent, some parents are just, this is the way it is. We're not bending. I don't care how the tantrum goes. I don't care how you explode in front of me. The answer will be no. The answer will be no. And, of course, the answer is no. And then plague number 10. And plague number 10 was the end all to end all. Plague number 10 is the plague of the firstborn. Moses warns Pharaoh, every firstborn will die. If there's no firstborn, the oldest in the house will die. Now, it's amazing, and we do this as a, as a fun thing in school with the children. A last week's Torah portion is this plague. So it says Pharaoh gets up in the middle of the night, and he discovers that all the firstborn are dead. He kills his advisors. He runs to Moses, runs to Aaron, and says, out of my country. So for preschool children, they come to school in pajamas to sort of act out 
a very cute children's song called Pharaoh in Pajamas in the middle of the night. I actually do it with my third graders, which is a little harder to get a third grader to come to school and put on pajamas. <laughs> but I make it worth their while. I have to buy them slurpees. Oh. He said, so you don't have to have pajamas. But anyone who has pajamas is getting a slurpee. And they bring their teddy bears. and they bring their. It, it's so cute. And we just march up and down the hallway. Go into some of the younger classrooms. The older ones, it's a little bit nervous. We play the song and we dance because I happen to study this story portion during the year and we do this song. So, But I had a, just an interesting thought. Moses has gotten it right nine out of nine. I mean, if he was a baseball player, he's a billion-dollar baseball player. Batting a thousand. He's batting a thousand. Now Moses says plague number ten. Plague number ten, every firstborn dies. So if you're the pharaoh... You're not letting the Jewish people go. All the issues you have, no problem. How could you go to sleep? Well, first of all, he didn't believe it. Yeah, but the last nine, Moses got it right. But how, you know, and everybody, we, we want you to understand, this is not the Ten Commandments, the movie version. No, this is not so the movie version. So want to make sure you understand the Prince of Peace. It's not the cartoon version. <laughs> we went through this last week. <laughs> <laughs> this is real life, folks. <laughs> and so... It's hard to, first of all, it's hard to even imagine that the firstborn is going to be taken. I would agree with you on that, Peter. I'd say I mean, that, like, there's a point. I mean, yeah, everything came true, but you got to look at it and go, wow, that's out of a scale that, like, it's, 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 you can't It's uncomprehensible. Exactly. You know? And maybe that's why He's, there, there's no question that if he can get in pajamas or whatever kings wear when they go to sleep, and he can go to sleep, he has to be... I mean, we all get tired, but if we're nervous, we don't sleep. He had to be at peace with his decision to say, I don't believe this is happening. First of all, the sky's bright again. You know, I'm eating. The other plagues have already dissipated. How in the heck is Moses going to pull this one off? Okay. Right. Okay. It's a very, I, I, I like the, your answer has to be right. But I, I just like the, the, the thought process of you've gone through all this with Moses, and you still don't believe him. We That's talked about right. scams the other yeah. week. So there was a great scam where, um, if you're listening, you are not supposed to do this scam, but I'm just explaining how it works. They do it with football, where you take, I don't know, 100 people, and you, you send out letters. And you, you, you pick one team, the, you know, the A team wins, B team wins, and you send a free letter. Right. And then the next week, okay, now you're down to 50, because 50 you got right. And you split it in half again. 25, 25, A team, B team. Next week down to 12 or 13. Next week down to 6, down to 4. And now you got two guys left, or one guy left. And you say, hey, six weeks in a row, I got it right. You can trust me that this is, I am the best. No one gets six in a row. So you give me $10,000, <laughs> and I give you next week's winner. And I'm going to tell you if I got a horse with your name on and it. And if I got a horse with your name on it. So, so I, where? <laughs> well, I'm going to take a break. I want you to take a break. Okay. Get some breath. And I'll tell you what, Drew's going to flip the camera towards me for a minute here. And we're going to remind Kelsey everybody. Kelsey's got the camera there. We're going to remind everybody there's a couple ways that they can visit us. Okay. At New Radio Media. And, of course, our wonderful Android and Apple uh, applications and they kind of look like this. We'll kind of put it right up here. You can kind of see what it looks like. That's on your phone for everybody. And if you go to the stores, whether they're it's the Google Store or the Apple Store, you can download us. It's free of charge. And of course, put it on your computers, your phones, share it with your friends. 
gives you an opportunity not only to see what we do here in our show but with uh, Rabbi Jacobson, but also our business section, our community section, our geek section. we got so many different sections going and exciting things coming down the road. So join us at New Radio Media. Enjoy the apps. Let's get it out there, and let's continue back now on number 10. Okay, so after number 10 takes place, after all those firstborn die, so the Pharaoh comes out and says, okay, I'm done. That's it. You win. He finds Moses. He, uh, he allows the Jewish people to leave. We don't actually leave till the next morning. We, um, the Egyptians are in such a rush to get us out. In those days, you made fresh breakfast every morning, fresh bread, fresh pizza. The Egyptians see us making the dough. They said, if you think... <laughs> I'm going to give you that much time. <laughs> you're hanging around here. You are out of here. And we were out so fast. Interesting enough, one of the reasons that we eat matzah on Passover... And to share with everybody at New Radio Media the definition of matzah. I guess it's like a wafer bread. Unleavened bread. Unleavened bread. Unleavened bread. Unleavened bread. I say unleavened bread to people. Because it didn't have time to bake all the way up. Didn't rise. Didn't do any of the above. So we eat a this matzah, this unleavened bread, which symbolizes how fast we get out of the country. Right. That's it. But I wanted us, you know, it's getting late. Time flies around here. It does. And we got to get to our letter. We're going to get to the letter. We're going to get to the letter. You're not ready yet? No, we're not ready yet. Oh, if you're not ready, I got more stories. Well, I I got one here for you. And and, and this is is interesting. You know, we borrowed the gold and silver when we left with no intention to return. Right. Pourquoi, the French would say. Why? 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 Well, first of all, you have to know, God promised Abraham that we would leave the country. We're going to be slaves. We're going to leave the country, whichever country, we're slaves with tremendous wealth. So therefore, God tells Moses, do me a favor, tell the Jewish people to borrow lots of gold and silver. Okay. Now again, if I would ask for it outright, no one's giving it to me. Correct. If I borrow it, so I can take it with me and, maybe, and uh, neglect to return it. But right. again, sounds not nice. It's like that lie term that we had earlier. Like the lie term we had earlier. I mean... I mean... If I go borrow something from you and I have no intention to return it, we do call that stealing, I think. Self-appropriation. You you can have a fancy (laughs) term for it, I'm sure. So there's a fascinating story where the story is true or not is irrelevant, but the point is good. The Talmud discusses when Alexander took over the world, so he said, I'm going to fix all the world's problems. Like every president you've ever met and every every world leader— I can fix the world's problems. I can fix the Palestinians and the Israelis. I can fix uh, Yugoslavia. I can fix mm. Africa. and I can fix them all. So the Egyptians come into Alexander and says, look at that Jewish Torah. The Jewish Torah says they borrowed our gold and silver. They never returned it. We would like our gold and silver back, please. Okay. Alexander says, okay, that's, you know, that's a fair question. Let me call in some rabbis and see what they have to say. So... One of the rabbis says, let me answer. So he says, you know, if you're going to rely on our Torah for your knowledge, which is great, that's what we do here, um, it also says you tricked us into being <laughs> slaves. 600,000 men, 400 years. You tricked us. You owe us. Restitution. You owe us. It's restitution. So I payment. can't imagine we could have possibly taken enough gold and silver. So we would like a recalculation. We think you owe us money. Okay. So in that case, the rule happens to be, if, if you have something of mine, you borrowed money from me, you stole something, and I can't get it back, I am allowed to borrow it from you and just not return it and say, oh, yeah, remember you owe me $100. We'll, we'll just call it even. It's a wash. It's a wash. It's a wash. It's a wash. We're good. 
Okay. And that does get us to the end of the Torah portion, because I do want to get to my letter and word of the week. All right. So, so we have to see if Kelsey is ready to well, get our letter. She's looking at the board to make sure that everything is ready to go. Okay. And while we're doing that, we've already covered Olive, Bet. Olive, Bays, and Gimel. Gimel. Okay. And we had words like um, like Amen. Okay. And we had a word like Bayis, a house. Okay. Last week we had Gimel or Gomel, which um, means to bestow stole. or to, we talk about doing kindness for others. Okay. That was last week. And now we're up to Dalit. And there it is. And so I don't have to turn my head so far. I actually left myself a copy. But it's a, it says the same thing. But if you look at the, well, that letter. Right, I see the Dalit. Yeah, it's, called, it. it's called a Dalit. You'll Dalit. see the, the roof see extends over the right. That has it squared off. Correct. The and bottom tilts back. And a little. Like there's a, a little cra- There's a little crown in the back. And a little, little left hook on the top of the house. Oh, a little left hook on top. Well, it's a dollar. It's like almost an upside down L or mm. a inverted L. And the, 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 the number value of this letter, of the letter dollar, is four. Four, of course, always reminds us of the matriarchs. So therefore, this becomes a letter that reminds us how the matriarchs were kind, were charitable, um, were selfless is really a good word. Um, and that leads us to a word that Peter said over about 12 times today. Door, door. Well, he's saying door, but it's not a Hebrew word. No, it's an English D. Well, it, we can do it a lot of different well, ways. now he's confusing me. In English, <laughs> it's door. You know, like your doorknob, like your front door. Right. In Hebrew... The word is delis, which is pretty interesting. They're both a D sound. They are, and they both do something to protect us. And they both do something to protect us, which... And I'm going to talk about what he's making. Oh, yeah. oh, God, here we go again. Mike, I didn't tell you last week. <laughs> you weren't here. I know. You heard what happened? No. I, 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 I told this story when you were here a couple weeks ago, how one of my mugs broke. Yes. So one of my buddies, actually, he's going to be with us um, on next week's show. Oh, excellent. He bought me two new mugs. He felt terrible that as a child in my class. I'm waiting for the 50, the case of 48 to come in so we can give them away to our listeners. Yeah, you see, he didn't offer the, to buy 50 We're mugs. We're going to discuss that with him when he gets I here. think, yeah, we'll, yeah, that will have to be We'll share him an opportunity. Pretty important. But here's my mug, as always, <laughs> as, I, as I drink away. But um, a door is protection. A door signifies protection. But here's something else. There was a famous a non-Jewish prophet by the name of Bilam. He was hired to curse the Jewish people in the desert. That's way later. Right now, we're just getting to the desert. This will be 40 years later. And God doesn't let him curse the Jewish people. Instead, he gives blessings. One of his blessings is he recognizes that when they set up the tents in the Jewish nation, when they're camping in the desert... All the doors are facing away from each other. Because not only does a door signify protection, but a door signifies privacy. Now, there's things that happen in my house. Correct. Happens in my house. It stays in your house. It stays in my house. You hope. Well, you have little you children. I always warn the parents of my class. I say, look, I say, if you think that your son will keep secrets that you say at home. Dream. Yes, you're making a mistake. Dream. Yeah, so... Better just to either do what me and my wife do. We just go out to the car and drive around the block. <laughs> why do you always go around the block? Because you listen in the door to hear what we're talking about. That's why. Very simple. So a door signifies privacy. And Billum recognized that an important aspect 
of family life. We like to be friends. We like to go out. We like to be social and social media. And who knows what's happening with Facebook now? Social. There's 800 new social media things out there. I was reading yesterday one of these guys complaining that Facebook's going down, so it's killing his business, whatever. But there are times where we need to be home. We need to be with family. We need to take care of ourselves. It's just an important concept which that word Dallas represents. Uh, also, we didn't talk about it, but back on, on Hanukkah, we talked about the Greeks and all the things they did to the Jewish people when they had taken over, and they were trying to force the Jewish people to become fully Greek, if that's the right word. That's um, a fair Hellenist. shot. Okay. Hellenist is yeah, more Hellenist of a term. Yeah, a better word. Um, if you were not willing to go along with the Greeks, they took your front door off. Like the punishment, the government came around. You became said, an open piece. You became, you became an open piece. I mean, you took the door off. We're open society. <laughs> There's other things they use for open society. Yeah, we're not going there. But um, so it reminded me of a story that I told you, not in the studio, right. but probably five or six weeks ago, we talked about a great story. And again, I am not looking to, I didn't check on Snopes. I was going to a Snoops. That's okay. It doesn't really matter if it's a true story or not, it's, but it's a great story. So don't interrupt me like I tell my class. Now, Tony, don't interrupt me and say you heard this story already, because you probably didn't. But I, I tell my class, I start to say a story. Oh, I know that story. You want me to stop? Like, we, everybody wants to hear the story. No, no, I just wanted to tell everyone that I know the story. Roll the film, Rabbi Jacobson. Yes, yeah, so here we go. Anyway, the story goes like this. There was a guy who uh, was out in Las Vegas, uh, went to the casinos, and probably like most of the people there... Um, lost his pants. He lost everything. I mean, what else do people go there for? Money. Lose money. <laughs> to lose money. It has to be. So the guy, he's, he spent it all. So he goes to the bathroom, and in those days, um, I don't know if Tony ever saw this, you, you had to put a quarter into the stall to, to open, open the, up open the, the panel. The, the, the panel door. door. I have never seen that. You've never, never seen, seen that. Oh, then no. you haven't been to Europe either. Yeah. Oh, Europe does that? Paris. I train station. Still coin-operated. Coin-operated doors. I mean, it's a cute way to make money and to make sure you get changed. And they make sure the doors are low enough so you can't crawl underneath to get to what you need to do. Yeah. So what, what people, of course, do is you, like, wait. Somebody opens the door. You put it. your hand there and you go in. Okay, whatever. That's the tricks. To... <laughs> Anyways, so the guy's going to the bathroom. He's searching for a quarter. The guy opens the door. And he had a quarter on him. He was going to put it in. The guy opens the door. He says, I'll keep the quarter. Goes in, does whatever he has to do, comes out. And he says, I got one quarter left. I got one quarter. He goes to one of the slot machines, puts it in, pulls the uh, one arm back, uh, bandit to your lever, and ka-ching, he wins jackpot. Millions, whatever comes out. He's not done. He says, either I'm going to get it all or I'm going to leave with nothing. He takes the whole pile and he goes probably to the roulette table. I don't know which one. And he has this whole pile and he says, I want to put it all on whatever number. It doesn't matter. So it was such a large bet. You can't make such a large bet without permission. You got to call upstairs. You got to get permission. And uh, they said, yeah, let's do it. Now you understand. When they say let's do it, everybody comes down. Everybody's this. joining in. And as the story goes, he won. Okay, so the story continues, whether true or not. Years later, he's being interviewed by some newspaper. For those that know, newspapers are the things you read on paper that are now printed <laughs> online. Um, <laughs> We talked with my kid the other day. He, we talked about the olden days. The so olden I, days. So the same son who got the, that Matchbox car, 
So we're talking about, you know, many years ago, you couldn't make a phone call in a car. No. So he says, no way. Oh, yeah. I said, yes. Yeah. The cord wasn't long enough. He said, no <laughs> way. Everybody had phones. Okay, just as an idea. Anyways, so they asked him, would you like to meet the person who you got the quarter from? I guess in the story, you must have gotten the quarter from somebody. He says, no, I could care less who gave me the quarter to go to the bathroom. But I would love to know the person who opened the door. So goes the story. That story will help us remember Dallas is our word, and it's all about opening the doors. Doors of opportunity. So with little time left, Got a lot of time but left. Tony is right here. Tony, t- yeah. We're going to ask Tony first. Tony, what did you learn today? Well, uh, I thought, really, I just the last thing we talked about, the door, actually, you just said the, like that was a very interesting concept to look at it that way. Like, who opened the door? Oh, the story. Yeah. Okay, good. It's a good story. Drew, are you there? Can we hear you? We can soon, as soon as somebody hits the right button. Well, that's going on. Kelsey's, I mean, so Kelsey. Kelsey's going to get her mic up, too. I, I don't know if Kelsey knows. You know, Kelsey, I, I test everybody at the end of the show. You remember? You've heard, but I don't hear her yet. Is she on yet? I've heard. Uh, okay. So what did you learn today? I learned that no matter what you're talking about as far as like with children that everybody really does have their own definition of fair okay and i kind of think everybody needs to keep an open mind when it comes to confrontation with other people about what they think is fair as opposed to what you think is fair because it's not always worth arguing about cool i, I like, like the that. idea of not arguing that. that very good well done kelsey drew do i hear you now yeah you got me we got, we got you. you all right so i found it interesting that since we we're all wearing hats today <laughs> That Peter said, our cover, it actually translates into a military hat. And I thought that was kind of cool because I'd never heard that before. Well, That's what he learned from a Torah show? <laughs> he remembers the hat he's wearing. I love it. I love All it. Right, Drew, we're going to have to have a meeting afterwards to explain what staff meeting. Yeah, they'll be, answer. That's very good, though. I appreciate that. And so does the United States Air Force. <laughs> so, yes. Peter, but I have to ask you, what did you learn today? All right, what's very interesting is... Really, the talking about when we make an a when we talked about the three day leave, and we talk about the opportunity that uh, we will not be returning, and is it a lie and is not a lie? So our definition of how one interprets our statements becomes very valuable in government, in private life, in business. All of these things come into uh, into play very carefully. So. When we have to share with other people the concerns of our neighborhoods and of our community and our government of what's happening today, all of those things come in very strongly as to, if I'm going to lie to you, then tell me straight out. If you're going to share with me that things may not be the way I like it, then let me understand it. And with that, you know, i got to take a break and say my Time here is up again. It's unbelievable. But first, we have to thank everyone, our wonderful sponsors, our listeners. I couldn't do without you. Our production team, Drew, Tony, Kelsey, Peter. Again, I appreciate you coming down. Oh, it's great. Until next week, I'm Rabbi C. Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah, New Radio Media. And until next week, don't forget to think about it.